0: Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of the entertainment from the 573. We got a lot to get into on this edition of the show, of course. Disney Plus making some announcements. Star Wars Marvel announcing huge things coming their way. All coming from Disney's Investor Day that was held on Thursday. I said I was going to do it on Friday, but just taking in the amount of sheer amount of information. That was given to us on Thursday. From Disney Plus to what Pixar was doing with Disney Animation from Star Wars to Marvel. It was just too much to kind of gather in. You had to take a step back and kind of just process the whole thing that they were doing. All the things that they were announcing. All the things that are coming our way in the next few years. So this is coming to you on Monday, start of the week. Let's get right into it. Let's start talking all about Disney Plus and talking about the streaming side of things. We're going to talk about that, talk a little bit about what they're doing with Hulu, FX, ESPN Plus to start off here. So, of course, one of the things that came out before the meeting kind of got started that was hinted at is the amount of series features that they were going to be doing for Marvel, Star Wars, Disney Animation, Pixar, And the number is quite staggering. 35 in total combined for all three coming up over the next few years. That is a bunch. and We're going to talk about a lot of them on the show. And that was one of the things that was announced early on. One of the things that was announced early on in the live stream of Investors Day was the amount of subscribers now originally it was around 73 about a month or so ago that number has now jumped up to 86.8 million subscribers and they did a count of where they are with their total subscribers on each of their streaming services from disney plus to hulu to espn plus they've hit almost all around the market i think hulu's just come up a a couple million short but they're really close to it is being are right in between that total target number that they had, I believe, is like eight to twelve million. I think they're at eleven, and right now they're they're getting a lot of Disney Plus subscribers, and so they're starting off really well within the first year. It would not surprise me if maybe that number jumps up to maybe ninety, maybe not by the end of the year, but maybe by early next year that number jumps up to 90 it's for sure i think going to hit 100 million by sometime next year if it's jumping up from 73 to 86.8 in a matter of a month or two then it's only going to be a matter of time for that thing jumps up to 100 million and so disney plus they're doing well for themselves so they start talking out talking about them their business models what they're doing and they really start talking about, you know, the idea of kind of what, of streaming and them focusing on the streaming side of things and that where that's they're really, really going to be hitting home. But that doesn't mean they're going to be completely ignoring what they're going to be doing with the theater industry. A lot of the theater dates, they said will be for new content stuff that a lot of people haven't seen before. So, Any new content that you haven't seen released from any any of the big brands, Disney, Star Wars, Marvel. A lot of that you will be seeing on, if it's a movie, it will be coming out in theaters if it's something new. And, of course, they are going to get to Black Widow a little bit. So, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. So, one of the early things to announce with that, that they did was Raya and the Last Dragon. Something that they're really high on that they have coming out soon that's been announced it's going to be heading to theaters i believe sometime in early march of next year it's coming out in theaters but it's also going to be taking the mulan route and being released on disney premier disney plus premier access at the same time i'm assuming probably around the same price that mulan was at when they announced that and when it came out there on the service so that that's a huge move for them to take considering what just happened with hbo and warner brothers and with the warner brothers movie slate be heading all of it to hbo max next year so that's obviously a huge move for them to make considering what's been going on with warner brothers here lately Few other new things that they've announced is that well, Bob Iger, he Bob Iger, he's he came on and talked a little bit about the Disney Plus shows and how they are movie quality. The only difference is length for them. So like if you take Mando for instance, Mando is a show that it has high quality. It looks a lot like it has movie type of quality. When you watch how the show is developed and made. It really does feel like it at times. And so you're going to be seeing a whole lot more of that with all the shows that they have coming out there, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, or if it's Disney Animation, or if it's Pixar, or whoever. It's going. The only difference is going to be length, as far as he said. And, you know, with all this new stuff coming out as well, here's the big thing for Disney. Plus, that's been an issue for them really since they started. It launched in November. You have Mando coming out. That's the backbone of what you're starting out with, and obviously, it's a huge success. You can make the argument that it's really carried Disney Plus over the last several months, considering that's probably been the about the only new content that they had that was original and you know, stuff that was made to go on the service instead of maybe having some movies coming out that was supposed to be in theaters, but instead went on to the streaming service. And you got a couple other original movies and stuff like that, but really Mando was the backbone of what they started out with. And now, with their announcement on Thursday, you got a whole bunch of new projects coming in that's really going to boost that subscriber base on... All fronts on Disney+, and FX, and Hulu. They got some interesting stuff coming as well. Especially one on the FX side that really caught my attention, even though I've never seen the original movie that they're going to be doing the series around. So, they got a lot of good stuff coming. They're going to boost that subscriber base. And they got something new that's going to be coming out each and every week. And that's really going to be a good thing for Disney+, and try to consistently build that subscriber base, try to build that up to where you you got new stuff coming out each and every week. You don't have to worry about, you know, trying to fiddling, you know, fiddling around, trying to find something on there and maybe end up watching something that you may not be as interested in or maybe moving on to another streaming service. There's going to be something new for everybody each and every week. And that's really probably the high point of all these announcements is that Something new, something different for everybody and whatever their interests are, whether they're interested in anything Pixar-related, Disney animation, whether they're a big Star Wars fan, big Marvel fan, there's going to be something for them each and every week coming out. Like, you look at the Marvel stuff, like, there's shows starting with WandaVision in January, there's going to be a show there, then you got Falcon Winter Soldier, then you got Loki, then you got the What If series, and then. Later on, you got the Hawkeye series. Those are all shows coming out for them next year. So five shows for them. And they're pretty much going to be back to back to back to back. So you're really not going to be missing out a whole lot of anything. There's going to be something new. There's going to be a new episode of a show that you really want to watch. New movie. New animated short. Whatever. There's going to be new everything. So that was probably really the key point of all these announcements is that as much as we are excited about some individual announcements, that's a huge thing, new thing every week, something for everybody, and we're, we all should get excited about that because even as much as we love Mando, we want something new. We we want some new stuff being added that we're interested in. I mean, we love the little green guy, we love Baby Yoda, but it's time we get something new, and we're definitely going to be getting that each and every week, pretty much starting here pretty soon, in the next few weeks. So. They're going to be hitting on all cylinders really by this time next year and maybe even before that. So moving on to some other stuff, Disney Plus has announced, I talked about Hot Star and Star Plus with their international markets and how big and key that is for them. They also mentioned that for Disney Plus and some international markets, Star will be included as a mature content section. So they mentioned movies like Deadpool, logan those type of movies that you that you can go and see in the mature mature content section i think with that you'll also be getting some ad age settings added so where you can tinker with that if you got kids you can tinker with that make sure they don't watch any of that stuff i I mean listen they're they probably they probably do want to watch some of that stuff but maybe just not how it's not the time unless you get your parents on board with movies like Logan, Deadpool, that might be a bit of a tough sell. So they're going to be adding some of that into that. I think their intention is that they will be doing some of that later on down the road for here in the states as well. Originally, the there were rumors. If you've been looking on, if you were looking on Twitter or whatever leading up to Investors Day, that they were. Thinking about maybe combining Hulu and Disney. And I actually thought that could actually make some sense. You boost your subscriber base, you add Hulu, who has more mature content, you add those two together, and there you go. And also, considering the bundle they offer for Disney Plus and Hulu, maybe that changes some of that up. So I actually thought that might be a good way to go to try to do that since. Disney owns majority stake in Hulu Hulu's more for mature content and they can probably add that to Disney Plus and make it seamless boost your subscriber base and make that look even better than it is right now but it sounds like they are going to maybe make the transition to adding Star for Disney Plus here in the States where you can have some of your more mature content that they own especially coming in with the fox side 20th century studios searchlight and stuff like that so maybe there'll be stuff that will be added later on into the future i think disney plus is going to try to make it feel a little bit more like netflix and that's one other key thing i thought with the hulu thing that i thought was probably a good idea it's trying to make it little feel a little bit more like netflix you do got some content like disney plus it is known for having and then you got your mature stuff. You, you got your you got your movies over there that might not be for kids. And so Netflix is something for all ages. And Disney Plus, while there's stuff on there for all ages, maybe add more mature stuff. Maybe more gritty PG thirteen stuff, R rated stuff. And so I think this is probably good, this is going to be a good idea for them either way, uh, whether it was. Going to be adding Hulu to them as well, or if it was going to be doing a different route I think this was only a matter of time And so it was nice to get this announcement and maybe add more content for On their streaming service so that people can Get into it and watch some of this stuff that they might not have on Netflix or I don't know Hulu trying to think of all the other services. There's so many guys. There's so many so There's that announcement Speaking of Hulu, let's talk about Hulu here for a brief minute. Let's talk about Hulu and FX. Now, I know they announced some interesting shows on Hulu. They They had some pretty good casting. And so, if you're a fan of Hulu and the content coming out there, and original content, good for you. I think they got a couple based on true story. I know there's one that there's a true story. I think it's called The Dropout. I think it's based on a true story. I forget I forget the details of the true story, but they sounded pretty interesting, and they got a good cast lineup for that and for a couple other shows that they have going on over there. So Hulu, they're they're moving steady. They also announced they're going to be developing and premiering movies from 20th Century Studios and Searchlight. So they're going to be developing stuff primarily for Hulu. It'll be interesting to see how they how they go with that route and see what they create. For that. With FX. Yeah a couple stuff being announced there. One new series. Reservations Dogs. Co-created by Taika Waititi. That's going to be coming out on FX. In 2021. Then this is what I was foreshadowing a bit earlier. An Alien series. That's right. That was a huge announcement. It even caught my surprise. And like I said. I haven't seen the original Alien movie. So an Alien series. Is in development with. Fargo and Legion creator, those who are fans of those series. Noah Hawley stepping into the creator and executive producer chair with also the network and talks with Ridley Scott to join as executive producer, of course, the original creator and director of the Alien movie. The movie's going to be set on Earth and from deadline. It's going to blend the timeless horror of that 1979 film, if you know what I'm talking about. And the nonstop action of the nineteen eighty six James Cameron directed second film in that series. So if you're an Ang Lee fan, if you love this franchise, here you go. This is something great for you. And I've heard nothing but good things about Fargo and Legion. So I expect it to be really good with Holly stepping into that creator role for that series. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a huge thing for FX right there, you get something like that, huge name brand with Aliens, and get that franchise being a part of your programming, that is really huge news for FX, so I know there's probably a lot of people that are excited about that, and what's going to be happening with that, and when that's going to come out, So, but uh, it sounds like it's going to be, it, it's going to, it's in development right now, it's probably going to be a while, might be 2022, but either way, if you're a fan of the franchise, I know you're excited about it. Let's talk a little bit about ESPN Plus. Now here, here's a lot of stuff going on here. Let's start here at the bottom. I like I guys I got three pages of notes separated on this Star Wars Marvel. So let's start I'm starting at the bottom with the ESPN Plus stuff that I got listed on here. So Payton's Places. Of course, there's a season two happening. He's going to be getting a season three as well. But they're also going to be incorporating the same idea with stars such as Abby Wombach, Ronda Rousey, David Ortiz who's gonna get their very own version of Payne's Places. So that ought to be nice to see, see them go into into the worlds of soccer, you know, MMA wrestling with Ronda, uh Big Poppy and baseball. So that ought to be fun. I know when when I'm watching Payne's Places, I'm al- I'm always interested in what's going on and all the history that they're going into on there so that's that's going to be nice that's going to be a nice addition also eli eli Manny's going to be doing a college football show as well so eli has found something in retirement and speaking of somebody getting an own show i mean we probably should have expected it but either way it's a welcome surprise Stephen a Who's getting his own show on ESPN Plus, and the video that's been trending around on Twitter is him dancing to the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse music, which, <laughs> which is funny, and yeah, he's going to be getting a show on ESPN Plus. Uh, that's going to be, that's going to be something. E- Stephen A. a busy, busy man, and he keeps on getting busier with his own show on ESPN Plus. Maybe the biggest announcement for ESPN+, Plus, the SEC and ESPN agreeing to a 10-year deal to broadcast SEC football and basketball games beginning in 2024, which will establish ABC as the new home for Saturday afternoon SEC football games, along with selected Saturday primetime football games. And the SEC championship, as you know, SEC, CBS, that's been a thing that's been going on since 96. And so they're going to be making a transition from that. I believe there's they could do a potential buyout if they want to do that. But this deal would start in 2024 in the 24-25 season. That's the earliest it could start. So you're getting the best fifteen best football matchups, fifteen of them each and every week. If you're ESPN, you're also going to be getting eight marquee men's basketball games that will feature across ABC and ESPN Plus. And starting with the and starting next year with ESPN Plus, the network can pr- broadcast one non-conference football matchup on the service with each team. So Alabama's non-conference game is going to be fun, I bet. <laughs> so the annual fee. It's actually re- really a whole lot larger than it was with CBS. CBS is like $55 million per year that the conference receives from the broadcast company. They're going to be getting in the low $300 million range with this deal. And CBS pulled out after the price was getting way too high for them. So, you know what, we're going to move on and go into another direction. Which, again, CBS, it's been the home of SEC football on Saturday. For, or since 96, so pretty much the same amount of time that I've been here on this earth, and so it's going to be a drastic change not to hear some of the voices that you've grown to know coming from CBS and with them doing SEC games. A couple of them I'm not going to miss for a couple Tennessee reasons, but that's neither here nor there. You're going to be losing the SEC theme music on CBS I know that's become iconic in of itself, and stuff that they do during the broadcast as well. But you're going to be going to ESPN, and they're already hard at work to try to make this make this transition good for them and find a, a unique way to bring their take on the SEC on Saturday to their company. And so I'm really excited to see what they do, excited to see what they bring, and when that official move takes place. Again, slated in 2024 but that could always change, and there could always be a buyout where that could happen sooner. This is a really good deal for the SEC. You get a little bit of increased flexibility and more of a heads-up on kickoff times. Those were two of the big factors in negotiations. You can now option your best game of the week to not be locked into just strictly that 2.30 central time slot, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time slot for those of you on the East Coast. However, it's going. To, there will be a conference game that will be assured that weekly slot on ABC. It might not be the best game, but it will be an SEC game nonetheless, and that gives the SEC a chance to have premier matchups on ABC's primetime window, where you can put those games on there, and, and there you go. So, like, say you can take a look at last year, Alabama, LSU. You get this crazy good LSU team against Alabama, see if they can knock them off. Yeah, you flex that into, instead of the 230 slot, you put that thing on primetime. And watch how high the ratings get for that. So I think this is a good move for the SEC. It gives them a whole lot of flexibility in what they want to do. More than half the league's kickoff times are expected to be assigned to a time window before the season even begins. So that's what's going to be worked in before that happens. And so, really good deal, I think, for the SEC. You're going to be able to get to decide when your own games will be held on that Saturday. What top games will will you have on primetime if you're going to put them into there. I'm sure there's probably going to be some opportunities where... You'll have a surprise team, and you might have to, say, flex, like the NFL does with some of their games. Late in the season, you might have to flex a game into a different slot than it originally was and get the game that you did think was going to be a premier game, but you have to put that on prime time. You want to put that on prime time and get good ratings for that. So that's where ESPN Plus is headed. A lot of stuff going on there. A big deal there with SEC moving to ESPN. That's been rumored for a while now. Now it's been made official. Let's get into some Disney, Disney animation and Pixar stuff. Now, of course, there's a lot of stuff announced on here. You had official announcements that were rumored that Pinocchio, live action movie based on the anime movie starring Tom Hanks, Cruella, prequel to 100 101 dalmatians those two along with peter pan and wendy they're going to be sent to disney plus when they're released they're not expected to be theatrical releases and cost no additional fee to view so no they're not going on Premier access i made one note here something that uh, somebody in the group chat's really excited about matt he's really excited for that Chippendale live action hybrid thing that they got going on with John Mulaney with Andy Sandberg and Seth Rogen. That ought to be hilarious. And I can see where Matt is excited for Chippendale. But you had those guys coming in there as well. There's a really good chance to get excited about that. You know, so there's that for Matt. A couple of other announcements with other movies that they have going on. Got yeah, Encanto that will open on November 24th next year. Pixar's Tony, Turning Red, which I believe was directed by the same person that did the Bow Pixar short, which is really good. That's coming out March 11th in 2022. And just one note know what their presentation was going into, is that they really went into having a lot of new first-time directors and creators come in and work on some of these projects. So that's a really good thing for them to get some more creators in there for Disney animation for Pixar to get some more new faces in there, and create content. That's going to be love as much stuff that's been made in the past by that company. So that, that's another reason to be excited about what they got going on. And also you got a toy story film. No, it's not toy story five, but basically kind of, Based on a Toy Story character, Buzz Lightyear, the movie Lightyear, coming out on June 17th, 2022. From my readings about this, it's going to be based on the human... Let's see if I can get this right. The human Buzz that the Space Ranger toy is based on, I believe is what the official thing has said about what this is going to be about. And Chris Evans is going to be voicing Buzz. So yeah, Chris Evans is staying in the family. He's playing another superhero of sorts. Not the one we've come to know and love in Marvel, but another one that we've known for years from the first Toy Story film. So getting to watch this is going to be something interesting. And of course it's coming out near my birthday. You know, I made the joke to Man Peter, of course this announcement is made. And of course it's coming out near my birthday because... Now, I dressed as Buzz one year for Halloween, so that's something that's been kind of teased about, but of course this is going to be happening. And obviously, if you, I think if you look at the Toy Story universe, I think probably Buzz is probably the most interesting, most fun character you can go back to and kind of take a look at, kind of get some origins into there. So that'll be a fun ride. You got Chris Evans coming back, staying in the Disney family with that. And so really that's it for... Uh, on the top of my head, from Disney, these Animation, Pixar. I'm sure there's some other stuff that I've missed that were on here, but those are some of the big ones that I took note of. Is that you got a lot of projects that are moving on to Disney Plus. A lot of films that were originally were going to be planned for the theater, but now going to Disney Plus. They talked about Little Mermaid. There's going to be a Beauty and the Beast prequel. Now I'm remembering stuff off the top of my head. You got Beauty and Beast prequel with the and uh Gaston, so you're gonna be doing a little bit of that, so they got a lot of stuff going on with Disney and Pixar and all that stuff, so it's really going to be interesting what uh, how they handle some of these, what are going to be going to streaming, what are gonna be going to the theaters and some of these films that they announce if unless things get better, will they go to Disney plus as well so. That will be an interesting thing to see. Alright, guys. Let's talk about Star Wars. Star Wars and Marvel had the two biggest days of all this. There's a lot of stuff that we didn't know was gonna happen. We we knew some potential movies that were gonna happen. We knew a Tykus movie that was gonna happen. We don't know about Ryan Johnson's trilogy though. There's no official word on that during uh their presentation, Kathleen Kaye, did, didn't mention anything about that. However, the one big surprise and one good surprise, Patty Jenkins is going to be coming and doing a Star Wars film, Rogue Squadrons, coming in 2023. From what she said, there it's going to be an original story with great influence from the books and games. And I'm really starting to see a lot of Star Wars, especially Mando. They're starting to take a lot of look from a lot of that type of media and maybe hint at some stuff, may, have some deep cuts about what was included in those forms of media and put them in live action shows or movies. And so just hearing that, it sounds like really, I really like the direction star Wars is going in with the movies, with what they announced. I really like the direction that they're going into that you know, in the conversation we've had in the group chat, Peter, he's really liking us t- uh, liking it as well. This is a quote for him. Hard to hate Star Wars when they do uh, they do all this good recently. Case in point with one of the shows they announced with the Act Like. Going to be talking about that here a little bit later. But, it really is hard to hate them after what all they're doing. Of course, you had Rise Skywalker, but then yeah, Mando with this awesome season happening. And then, you know, it's all this goodness on Thursday. So it's, it's hard to, you know, not and change minds in Star Wars fans' minds that, hey, they're doing some cool and interesting stuff down the road. And so let's talk a little bit about what they're doing. Let's start with Andor. Now, we, we know that a Cassian Andor show was going to happen down the road the character from Rogue One. And Peter had some thoughts on this. And speaking of Rogue One, he felt the need, to trash on the Andor show, but without seeing how well they handled Mando, he reserves some right to hope. Maybe it'll lead him to like Rogue One. That's from him. So some more on Andor. I think they said it's going to be around 10 to 12 episodes. So going to be a little bit longer than what you get out of The Mandalorian. So you're going to get more episodes out of that. Maybe if maybe it's just like a mini-series of some sort. Where, or maybe it's just one season going into the character. I mean, we know what happens to the character in Rogue One. So I, I guess it depends on where how long they want to take this, where they want to go with this. And see if it's only going to be one season or if there's going to be multiple seasons. Because we know there's a couple shows on the Marvel side that are getting another season we know loki's getting another season there's been talks about maybe falcon where soldier getting a second season so there there's that possibility that this could be more than one season but we do know what's happening with the character and and so it's going to be essentially a prequel it's already in production too slated to premiere in 2022 so we're going to have to wait about a year From what they've said, it's a tense, nail-biting spy thriller with the Andor character. You you expect that. So, that's going to be an interesting new take. I do like how they're going with different genres with all their stuff, with Star Wars and with Marvel, that they're hitting these different genres and not sticking to just one. You know, Marvel's not done that for years. They've always gone to different kinds of genres. And maybe it's starting to look like Star Wars is starting to do that. As well with their shows and with their movies. Kenobi. This is one of the big ones. It's filming right now. And the big announcement. Hayden Christensen is going to be coming back as Darth Vader. I know there's some rumors going on. Like, hey, he could return. Made official on Thursday. And holy crap, this is going to be really fun to see how this turns out and I know even McGregor he's really excited about working with Hayden Christensen again and he's talked a little bit about that and it was talked a little bit about that during the presentation it's going to take place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith so looking at the timeline it might be 9 years before A New Hope so you're going, to, have to, you're going to, have to age up Obi-Wan pretty fast there. <laughs> you're going to have to make him look like Alan Guinness. So apparently there's also going to be lots of There's concept art that they show that some of us didn't get to see. They show the investors of Vader marching on the Jedi Temple. Also, it's not a good time for the Jedi. So you're going to have Jedi Hunters. And they've also mentioned, it's going to start on Tatooine because Obviously, that's where we left last left Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. And it goes crazy from there on a crazy adventure. It said it includes a watery planet, so maybe it's, some, it's a planet we haven't seen before. And apparently, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan get into it. There's an epic lightsaber fight between the two. And there's probably some original Choji fans that might not like it, but I think they'll just say, yeah, screw it. We're going to get to see Darth and Obi-Wan fight again. And listen, the fight between them is in a new hope. I mean, it's not as crazy as what we've seen. But I think with the chance here, you know, it, it has a chance to be pretty epic and pretty cool to watch and see how that plays out. And so I'm really excited to see Kenobi as well as a lot of people and a lot of people are excited to see hane christensen back in the star wars universe and seeing him back and seeing him as darth vader couple of mandalorian spinoffs that we're going to get into rangers of the new republic no idea what this one's going to be about i've seen some people talk that maybe it's going to be about those x-wing pilot fires that we've been seeing pop up in mando in which case Dave Filoni's going to be turning into the lead actor pretty soon. (laughs) Probably not what he had in in mind when he made that cameo in that Mando episode in episode 6 last season, but (laughs) hey, look at that. He turned a cameo. Starring role. We still don't know uh, what this one's going to be about. This is going to involve Cardoon or Grief Karga or anyone else from the Mandalorian universe. Maybe. You know, it. It could it could deal with some people that we haven't met with. We might meet new characters. That's probably my bet is that we'll meet new characters, but we'll see a couple of those fighter fighter pilots that we've seen, and Mando this year. But the big one, Ahsoka. I don't think you cast Rosario Dawson, uh, that big of an actress in this role, unless you don't unless you have something planned for her down the road. So now you're getting an Ahsoka show. And, you know, I think this kind of, with the name drop of Thrawn, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched that episode yet, sorry if you haven't, not the first time, but name dropping Thrawn maybe could lead to essentially maybe a live action spinoff or continuation of the Rebels series. Where it's gonna be a hunt for Thrawn, finding Ezra, teaming up with Sabine. So I'm really interested to see where this Ahsoka series goes and I I, I loved her episode. I know a lot of people loved her episode and loved seeing her in live action. There's a great singer, and so there's a lot of potential here where you can lean into Thrawn and maybe his character, if that's the route that they're taking, which I think that's probably the easiest route and probably the most logical route that you can think of at the moment so i'm really excited for this and again a lot of stuff i'm excited about with star wars it's really hard to hate what they're doing uh or what they've done in years past with all this good that they're doing right now you got a lando series officially announced and we still don't know who's going to be starring in it we still don't know if it's going to be Billy D. Williams, we still don't know if it's going to be Donald Glover. It's going to, if it's going to take place, you know, before Solo or after Solo, or if it's going to be Lando during his time after the original trilogy or stuff like that. It's, or maybe after Rise of Skywalker. We don't know, but all we know is we're getting a Lando series. Uh, director Justin Simeon, who, did dear white people he's gonna be doing this, so we that's about as much as we know, but I know Peter's excited for that one. A couple other ones I'm gonna to get to the one I'm maybe more interested in. The Bad Batch Anime series. Of course, you've seen the Bad Batch in the first few episodes of the Clone Wars early in this last season with their four episodes. Be really interesting to see where they go there. Uh, They already have a Mandalorian character in there. Fennec, who we've seen the last couple episodes and we saw an episode in last year. Uh, Her anime character is going to be in in this series. And so it'll be really interesting to see how they handle this version of some of the clones. And them after Order 66 and how they handle with the Empire now being in control. Next one. Visions, we, we're getting an anthology collection of short films in the Star Wars universe created by Japanese animation creators coming next year. And that one sounds interesting. I'm, I'll i be interested to see what these Japanese anima- animation creators do with some of the short films that they have planned for the Star Wars universe. And see where their anthology collection takes them. A droid story. You guys didn't think we were going to leave R2, T2, and C3 po behind, did you? No, we're getting them back. We're getting an animated short series with the two. Sets the two on a new adventure. And, of course, you know those two are always going to get up into something. So, it's going to be fun to see that happen. And then, one last bit of news. Mando Season 3. We're getting confirmation around that. It's going to be coming around Christmas time next year. I hate it. I hate that I have to wait a year to find out uh, what happens in season three. I'm sure we all do, especially if season three ends with an Empire Strikes Back type of uh, thing where Baby Yoda is still captured and we don't know what's going to happen to him for the next year. Please don't do that, Star Wars. But it, it would be. It, it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. It's probably, it, crap. I hope I didn't manifest it. But either way, Mandal season three around Christmas. I'm just excited to get a continuation of this series. Again, this season has been incredible. we got the finale coming later this week and seeing what's going to happen with that in episode 7. Mando's ticked off! I saw the meme says we're going to get Mando Wick. That he's ticked off. He's, he's coming for everybody. He's not happy with Moff Gideon. And I really like the way he ended that episode this week with that hologram of him basically turning off games words on him from episode seven last year and episode seven this year he's coming and Mando is ticked off so the last series we're going to talk about with Star Wars is the one I may be most interested in and Pierce like saying with them doing all on this good recently you know this is the point he mentioned when I said that they're going to be doing this show like case in point this is a good idea you know it's going to, um, from Leslie, uh, Hedlund, female-centric mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. So, just probably a few, several years before episode one, what I imagine. I think I saw a timeline of a lot of this stuff, and I think this is set really early, sometime before... Episode one, so it might be uh, might be a few, few several hundred years, maybe, but uh, because I guess that's how Star Wars works. This is a really good idea because they have not really tapped into potentially the dark side in a show like this. It's always been about the light side or people that are maybe anti heroes so or maybe people or like Mando, for instance, maybe, uh a character from that side of the universe. Going to this is really interesting. It could be really fun to see how this could work. It's a lot more, and there's a lot of potential here for a lot more mystical stuff, a lot more fancy stuff to be included here. Because, I mean, you're really going to a lot of secret stuff here, especially with the dark side. I mean, we know what happens when episode one comes. If it's near the end of the High Republic era, who knows what we could get? Can we get Darth Plagueis? Can we, we see that story play out in real time? Maybe so. But this is something that's really exciting to see Star Wars doing and seeing them go into this direction. It's gonna be I think it's gonna be fun. This is a good idea. And you know, they're going to the High Republic. It's not an era that they've really gone into, and maybe this could potentially test interest in other High Republic shows that they may have in mind. Or maybe even some content that I know people want. Probably especially my group chat. Even stuff with the old Republic. Nice to the old Republic and see if there's any interest there and maybe Maybe finally, that KOTOR movie that people have been begging for, or series or something or whatever, could finally be done. Could finally be made, or something. But that's probably, this Kenobi I'm really excited for, along with Ahsoka. But I really think a lot of stuff that they're doing here, with the shows and the movies, I'm excited for. I'm really interested to see what Tyka's movie is. He's working on right now. Of course, he's working on Thor love and thunder right now that's going to be filming here soon so i'm assuming once he's done with that he's going to get right into this and we're going to be finding out which direction his star wars movie will be going in so you can you can probably guarantee it there'll be a lot of a lot of laughs in it but i'm really excited to see all the stuff come to disney plus all the stuff come to the theaters once we actually get back in theaters and see all this stuff, new exciting stuff coming to our screens, whether it's at home or at the big screen at the theaters. All right, final order of business. Let's go over to Marvel. This is probably the last thing that they announced right before they went to, I think, their own type of Q&A they had later on that I didn't stay around for. So, I guess let's just go with the shows. Let's let's go with the shows first, because there's a lot of stuff here and we'll close out with the movies and talk about all that stuff. So let's start off with some of the ones that we know about. I mentioned this earlier that they got a lot of shows coming back to back to back to back next year. Sorry with WandaVision division coming on january fifteenth. Not too far away. Dropped a new trailer for it and oh man. I've really enjoyed all the one division trailers that they put out. It really kind of gives off the vibe of what this show is going to feel like. It's going to be it's going to feel weird, wacky and crazy. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. I know Peter can't wait for it. Then we get a release date on Falcon and the Winter Soldier for March 19th, so not too long after that Dropping a trailer for this one. First, kind of a little bit of th- things that we've got for this show. let see. Bucky's. let see. Sam's new, new gear. It looks good, guys. I really love that new Falcon suit. That new Falcon suit looks good. And uh, I really love the line that they really kind of start the trailer off with. With Sam talking about the shield and about how its con- history is complicated stuff like that and really excited to get into a lot more of that type of talk into this series you've seen zemo appear here in a couple shots probably looking at sokovian memorial you see john walker u.s agent and teasing here see falcon looking all cool and stuff and him messing with bucky talking about what's going on that cyborg brain of yours If it's gonna be anything like what we saw in Civil War with them in that little car, I'm in. Let's <laughs> let's go. If it's gonna be in that banter, it's gonna be great. But the trailer for that looked awesome, and that was really a show that I was probably really looking forward to the most out uh, what they were announcing. And like, <laughs> my expectations have have high, and I'm really excited to see where it's going. We're getting Loki in May twenty twenty one. They dropped a the trailer. For that, as well, they announced some of the cast as well, including Owen Wilson. It was honestly, it's a little bit weird to see Owen Wilson in, 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 this type of role and see him in the MCU. So it's gonna be a uh, gonna be interesting to see how that goes. And it's gonna be, it's Loki's gonna be showing. It's gonna get up to a lot of mischief, a lot of time mischief, especially with the Time Variance Authority, uh, in this as well with the TVA. You have potential with timekeepers. I know there's been a lot of stuff talking about them and maybe Kang being referenced. Whether this could be a springboard for you, maybe not put him in the show, but you introduce some of the ideas of him, some of the ideas that of where that uh, of his character. So this is going to be really exciting to see how Loki deals with all these problems and deals with time and you know, in this show. Now, the one thing I that I have noticed is that of him jumping out in a plane with uh, with what looks like a thing of money, being transported through the Bifrost, a lot of people have hinted at that as, if you remember, several years ago, there was an unidentified man that hijacked a Bane, two seven, uh, seven, 727 aircraft headed to Seattle. Who extorted 20 grand in ransom and parachuted out in, in mid flight? And the case is still installed to this day. I think they said the name was DB Cooper, and boy, Loki sure looks a whole lot like it. I'm not saying this could be something, uh, they're saying, hey, it could have been Loki, or maybe it's just something a little bit not to that, but that's definitely <laughs> interesting to see. This show is going to be crazy and weird as well. with. All the stuff it's going to get into with time. It's going to definitely bring a new type of vibe to it. It's going to be really a thriller. Time thriller. We're not getting a time heist. We've already had that. So we're getting a time thriller apparently in this one. And we're getting What If in the Summer of 2021. So we're going to be getting that as well. I was really hyped about this one too when they announced it. When they showed a little teaser for that. And the idea of what if, like change one little thing about the Marvel Universe from each of the movies and see where they could go to. I really like that idea. They they expanded more on the idea of T'Challa being Star-Lord and him interacting with Yondu. Doctor Strange, He's I guess saw him fighting an evil Doctor Strange. Seeing that happen, seeing more of what if Peggy Carter took the super soldier serum and all that stuff. I'm excited for this. I, I'm excited for this anime show. The animation looks great as well. And so I'm really excited to see uh, what episodes they do for this season. I think they're doing it by season. And so be interesting to see how many episodes they have this season and what all they do. Now, if, I imagine if it's like 10 episodes, I imagine it's going to be taking a look at the first 10 movies in the MCU or something like that. Or maybe it'll be a little bit shorter. But... I'm excited for that series and then also coming out in 2021 Hawkeye and of course there's been a lot of news coming about that because it's been officially confirmed Haley Steinfeld is going to be joining the cast as Kate Bishop Hawkeye's protege and eventually becoming Hawkeye and this is probably leading towards that direction as well with the Matt Fraction run that's in the comics taking some inspiration from that they've announced a few more of the cast as well The show's going to be coming out late next year. And, you know, there's been some teases. I've seen some set photos of somebody mentioned like 2023 or 2024 or something like that. Like, huh. So um, so that might take place in like 2024, maybe a year after Endgame. Because let's not forget, Endgame's in 2023. That's when it takes place, I think. (laughs) It's either 2023 or 2024, something like that. And so, that'll be one part to see. That'll be interesting to see where this takes place. But, yeah, excited about that and seeing Kate Bishop in live action. Of course, she's come to the new Avengers game now. Listen, I I know there's probably opinions about the Avengers game, but I don't mind it. I don't have a lot of those types of games. It's usually sports games or something. I've been souring on sports games, so I've played this game. I've had fun with it and seeing all the stuff that you can do with characters and uh, with her DLC being dropped last week. I really had fun playing as her character in the game so far. So, I'm excited to see what is going to happen. I'm excited. Haley's a good actress. I know Peter really likes her. So, I trust in Peter and his taste. And so, I, I'm i excited to see what she brings to the MCU and eventually becoming next Hawkeye. She, she's a really good actress. <laughs> like What can I say? I mean, she was nominated for an Oscar once. So, <laughs> That should put you in that type of category right there. So that's what we got coming in 2021. So I guess let's start going to what they've talked about coming in 2022 as far as the shows. Now, well, let's get into this right here, even though it's involved in Guardians. We're getting a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I don't know how any of us didn't think of this idea. Or maybe we did, and maybe we didn't just say any, we just didn't say anything about it. But this is an awesome idea. I love it. It's a really cool idea. It's probably going to be filmed during the shooting of Guardians Volume Three. It's probably going to be coming out before Guardians Three. Probably coming out the Christmas before. So it's probably looking like Guardians Three coming in 2023. So we're going to wait a little bit while for that one, but. We're not going to wait too long for this holiday special coming in around Christmas of 2022. So I'm really excited to see what this holiday special is going to be about. James Gunn coming back and directing it. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. Again, I don't know how anybody didn't think about this. And if somebody did think about this, why haven't they brought it up? And if they did bring it up, why didn't they expand on it? You know? So I'm really excited about that one. Going to some more of these shows that they have coming for the for 2022 and beyond. Couple of ones that we kind of already knew about, Miss Marvel. We knew that was coming. They announced that last year, and so they've already started filming some of that. They showed some a little bit of early footage in the sizzle reel there. Okay, no, it says in late 2021. So. Make that six shows in, with uh with Marvel. I had this in my notes. I overlooked it. So that's going to be coming out late twenty twenty one as well. So six MCU shows, five live action, and one animated one. Boy, we're going to be spoiled next year with all the shows and movies we're going to be getting. You know, it, it was good uh, yeah, It's good to have this break, but oh boy, they're going to be loading it in on us next year. So that's going to be coming out in late twenty twenty one. You. Are, we know that Miss Marvel was officially cast as Amon Bellani, gonna be playing Kamala Khan. I've really enjoyed Kamala in the Avengers game. I'm really excited to see her character appear live action in the MCU. Let's go into a couple of other shows that we knew about. She Hulk, Tatiana Maslani, was officially announced as as being jennifer walters she hulk and we got some really nice things that were announced with this the show will be comedy so that's that'll be interesting to see kevin feige said that since jennifer walters is a lawyer who specializes specifically in superhero and superhero oriented cases you never know what marvel characters are going to pop off from episode to episode hmm if I know Kevin Feige, he's got plans for who those characters are going to be. And maybe I have a, maybe I have an idea of some, a lawyer that's going to be interacting with her. Looking at you, Daredevil. Looking at you, Matt Murdock. A couple other tidbits that were particularly huge. Weren't sure if this was going to happen, but Mark Ruffalo officially returning as Bruce Banner as the Hulk. I wonder if we're going to be seeing the Hulk that we got after Endgame. See, and again, of course, a big part of these shows is when are they going to take place. Probably the biggest announcement from this is that Tim Roth is going to be coming back as Abomination, whom we haven't seen since the Incredible Hulk film all the way in the early run of the MCU. I'm excited about this. I'm excited to see Abomination coming back, and I'm going to talk a little bit later about some of the things I think... Marvel's going to be hitting on with a lot of these shows and movies. Because I got an idea that they're going to be not maybe trying to go for the big overarching arc right away, but that's going to be something down the road. So, Abomination is going to be coming back. Another show that we knew about Moon Knight. We knew Moon Knight was coming. They didn't confirm Oscar Isaac hasn't officially joined the cast, but that's been uh, talked about via the Hollywood trades. So I'm excited about that. They said it's going to have an Indiana Jones-like field. It's going to delve into his mental illness. Of course, if you know Mark Spector is a guy who who has multiple personalities, I'm really again excited to see how that plays out and see if they can take some ideas from Split as well, who I felt really did a good and awesome job with that. I'm really excited. It's going to be a fun one. They're going to delve a lot into the Egyptian iconography that Moon Knight has a character, has a story, has so I'm excited to see Moon Knight. It's basically Marvel's Batman, but Oscar Isaac, I think, is even though they didn't officially announce it, I'm excited to see him play the role of Moon Knight. Some more, uh, let's get into some shows that I don't think we knew about, or maybe we did that are rumored but weren't confirmed. Let's get into Secret Invasion. This is the Nick Fury show that's been rumored. That was going to happen. The show is going to be about a group of skull of scrolls who infiltrate every level of life on Earth. Obviously, taking from the secret invasion storyline. I know that's something me and Grant have talked about is the scrolls. Like there's probably some that are good, like Ta- uh, Talos, who's coming back in there, Ben Melson. Great. There's probably some like his character, and then there are others that want to get up to more nefarious things, have nefarious purposes. So it's really gonna be it's pretty you know, you buddy cop right here. With Nick Fury, Talos teaming up. Of course they know they've been in contact with you know with far from home. So it's really going to be nice to see them team up and try to take down some of these scrolls that are getting up to no good on Earth. And the show is said to be tied to the movies. That's a a huge deal. It could lead to a secret invasion type of thing down the road in the movies, which I I know that's a huge Marvel storyline. It's a popular one that people have wanted to see for a while in live action. So it looks like we might be finally getting it. And it's going to be a version of Se- Seeker Invasion too. Could it be like a Civil War style where Civil War didn't have Civil War type of aspects, but it's really a, a dealt with a lot of Cap and his character and him and Bucky? Could this be a smaller version of that? Or are you going to have heroes make appearances in here? Or is that going to be reserved for the movies? It might be reserved for the movies, but you might have a couple characters pop up like She-Hulk show where you have a couple of heroes pop up in certain cases and you got to deal with that so that's go- that's one i'm excited about nick fury gonna begin his own show samuel jackson oh boy it's gonna be fun then we got a couple iron man related ones iron heart of course rebe Ree- williams who has this mo- who has the most advanced suit of armor since iron man Going to be delving into her character. Dominic Thorne has been officially cast as Ruby Williams. This show will be tied into the movies as well. i will be interesting to see how this connects to the Iron Man mythology and all that stuff. What they take from that. And also with the next show we're talking about. Armor Wars. So this show is going to be about Tony Stark's worst fear coming true. What happens when this tech falls into the wrong hands. And. I know what you're thinking. Hasn't this already been done before in some of the movies with Iron Man 2 and with it getting into whiplash's hands and him him creating stuff? I think it I think the show is really gonna be about it actually happening. It's about that idea that Tony feared of happening actually happening. And we're gonna get Don Cheadle's war machine making sure that it stops. And this is gonna be great. Don Cheadle's great. Headlining his own show. It's going to be fun with him leading the show. And also, it wasn't mentioned. Do we see our boy Justin Hammer back in the show? It's possible. It's definitely possible. He is involved in the story of the similar name in the comics where he stole Tony's tech and sold it to powerful people, villains, and Iron Man goes and hunts them down one by one to contain it make sure it doesn't make sure it doesn't happen again from what I've heard it's one of the better Iron Man stories and said it's going to be War Machine doing it taking down the bad guys and so I'm excited for Don Cheadle and getting to expand on the War Machine character a little bit maybe delve into more of his backstory with his character and maybe seeing Justin Hammer back you know it'll be interesting to see if he's going to be back and See if he's got some role to play. Because we know he's still in this universe. So I think that does it. For the shows. Well there's. There's an animated short. Short story. Going back to the Guardians universe. I am Groot. Now, ha- this is probably another one with Guardians universe. You should have known. Like They should capitalize on. Short, a series of short stories. Going to have baby Groot in here. Featuring several new and unusual characters. Boy, Vin Diesel just keeps on collecting the bag. He really is. Like, (laughs) guys, if you really think about it, Vin Diesel's really smart here, because all he has to do is a variation of I Am Groot, done, collect the bag. (laughs) It's the easiest bag collected in the movie industry, probably. Just coming here, Say these three words. Endeavoring, uh, either as a baby tree, adult tree, teenage tree, or say it in a different way. <laughs> Here's your money. So, a couple ideas from Guardians here that, you know, probably should have been expected, but I'm really glad we're getting. Let's talk about the movies. Let's start with Black Widow. Of course, this is one of conversation as to whether they are going to be doing the Wonder Woman route, releasing in theaters and on the streaming service. They are still releasing it in theaters May 7th of 2021. And, you know, it's going to be really all dependent on where we are in that time period. You know, we've already got a vaccine that's probably going to be coming out here real soon. What's that going to do? You know, is everybody going to take it? How effective is the vaccine going to be? And where will that take us five months from now? So it's going to be really dependent on all that, where we are from a few months from now. I think if they did make a decision trying to backtrack on that, it probably would be made a couple months before, so probably March. So if things don't get better by then, the vaccine maybe is not as effective as initially thought. Then maybe mm-hmm. might have to change it up a little bit here. But as of right now, it's going into theaters next May, 2021. And so, I, you know, there's something that I, I've heard that there may be some connection with Black Widow and the Falcon where Soldiers show. If there's something to tease in there, so. Marvel probably, if there is Marvel, just probably decide to say screw it. Well, it'll be fine. So, Black Widow coming out May 7th, 2021. Shang-Chi. That is right. Filming here recently. Coming out around July of next year, 2021. Excited to see what they do with Shang-Chi. Excited to see what they do bringing the Mandarin, how they handle the Mandarin. In this movie, and see what they do with that down the road eternals November fifth two thousand twenty one new date for that that's pretty much all we got for that i'm interested i really again I'm interested to see what they do with this Thor love and thunder moved to may sixth of twenty twenty two I know we're going out of order here may of twenty twenty two but We already know Emsworth is going to be returning as Thor. Got Natalie Portman coming back in here as well. We knew Christian Bale was going to be in this movie. But we didn't know officially the role that he was coming into. And it's been made official that he's coming in as the villain of a really good storyline in the Thor comics. Gore the God Butcher. And yes, that title is exactly what you think it is. A guy that goes and kills a lot of the gods. And you can guarantee he's coming after Thor. He's probably coming after Thor and a few others. This movie's going to be starting shooting in the next month, in January. So not too long from here. couple thoughts on that. You know, we kind of got a lot of Thor's uh, uh, insights into Thor's journey. Into Endgame with where he was at in Endgame and to maybe wondering what his, what his purpose is, what his worthiness is, especially as a guy who's a, who's among God's deities and among men as well, and if he's worthy. Of course, we get that shot of him getting Yulnir back in 2013, and then that scene, and we find out, yeah, he's still worthy. Could it expand on that could it expand on some of that idea of if well, what is worthiness, what is worthiness to him and if he still has some of that could maybe gore can maybe he affect some of that thought process that Thor has could maybe Thor change the outlook on on being this type of deity on his purpose, what it exactly is what what is worthiness to him? And we know with Gore, if you know from the comics, his outlook on the gods, they're unreliable. They they really have no purpose for them if they're not going to do what they're supposed to do. If they're unreliable. Get rid of them. And so that could be something that we, we can see impact Thor in some way. And And, you know, also Gore is a much more serious character, much more serious type of story that you're going to be dealing with Really in contrast with Ragnarok. Even though, yeah, a lot of people die in Ragnarok. Including Asgard's destruction in Ragnarok. And wondering how Tycho's going to handle that. I think his comedy can blend in well with some of his drama work. You look at Jojo Rabbit. I think those blend in really well with what he did in that film. So I have no issue with trusting Tycho with moving on to something that... Especially to a character that's a little bit more serious and is going out there and actively trying to kill a bunch of gods. So, there's Thor, Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming out in March 2022. Got official word, Sam Raimi's going to be directing this. We got official word shortly before all this. Rachel McAdams was coming back in this film as well. We're also getting America Chavez in this film and was that this will direct connect connect directly to WandaVision, Spider-Man 3. Take that with what do you will, with Sam Raimi <laughs> directing it. <laughs> and uh, I, I expect Loki as well. I think it, that's been said that Loki's going to have some tie-in with this one as well, if it's going to be involving time and all that stuff. And the only thing we got about Spider-Man 3, let's just go explore the multiverse. That's all it is. <laughs> I think I, I think people kind of know where they're getting at with that, but that's pretty much all that was said with Spider-Man 3. Some other films coming out in 2022. Black Panther 2. Now, the big question surrounding this is, what are they going to do about T'Challa? Are they going to recast the character, or are they going to go a different route here? Or What are they going to do? So they've announced it's coming out in July 2022. And they also announced Chadwick Boseman won't be officially recasted. And I think that's probably perfect because the charm he brought to the T'Challa character was unmatched. And it's going to be hard to find somebody that could match that. So it's a good idea. We all need time to kind of grieve come to terms of what just happened with his, with his passing and us not knowing what he was, a lot of us not knowing what he was going through. So I think this is a good decision on Marvel's part. And with his Tata's absence, of course, Ryan Cooler's coming back to direct. The movie will explore the world of Wakanda and the characters introduced to the first movie. So we'll probably see a little bit more of Baku, Nakoya, uh, Nakia, Shuri, some more of that, so I'm really excited to explore explore more of Wakanda in that film. So, but that's a big thing. Chadwick Boseman will not be recasting this film, and they're going to be moving forward. Some other films that were announced: Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. That's a title right there. The titles for Phase Four: Loki cool, low-key, kind of crazy. You got Multiverse of Madness, Love and Thunder, mania. All really interesting titles. Crazy, cool, well, really weird. But we're going to be getting a third AMA film. Peyton Reed's coming back to direct this one. Gonna We have a new cast member joining here, Catherine Noon, who's going to be officially playing Cassie Lang. I don't know what the deal is with, uh, with recasting the character, but it, you know I've seen her in other stuff. I know she's done. She's really, really, good in Big Little Lies. I've seen her in Detective Detective Pikachu. I know she has this, this new movie Freaky that's uh, out in theaters. Uh, that a lot of people have said it's been pretty good with. How different it is with a different take on the Freaky Friday kind of idea. So she's going to be joining as Cassie Lang. And probably going to be, Cassie's probably going to be becoming a hero in her own right. That's Stature. She's Stature in the comics. So she's probably going to be joining that as well. And we got the official confirmation. Jonathan Majors officially joining the cast as Kang the Conqueror. So there's that news. That's huge. We knew it was coming, but it's nice to hear official confirmation for that. And you know, I some thoughts on that. Payne Reed has had a desire for Fantastic Four. He he, he likes the idea of playing in that type of in that section of the universe of the MCU. Could he maybe lay groundwork for that? Could he introduce some characters related to that universe? Could it could it set up Fantastic Four? Maybe they're in the quantum realm or stuff like that. And there's also connections with Kane that the Fantastic Four have. So it's definitely a possibility that they could have playing part later down the road. Uh, Blaine, we know the of that movie is starting to come together. Supposedly, Faye like said we'll get some news very soon on that. Again, Mahershala Ali coming in as Blade. Excited to see what they do with this project and see and see where they take this character. But of course, the one they close with Fantastic Four—an official announcement. Me and Peter were talking about this. Could they make maybe make an announcement on Fantastic Four or X Men or maybe both? So probably Fantastic Four. Probably not ready to move on X Men just yet. They might introduce the idea of mutants. Maybe a couple of mutants in some of these films down the road. But I thought Fantastic Four is probably going to be the one they're going to hit, hit at. And of course, sure, we get the word the movie has officially been announced. And that John, and John Watts, the director of Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, going to be the director of the upcoming Spider-Man 3, is going to be directing the first MCU movie on Marvel's first family. And I like John Watt's Spider-Man films. I'm really excited to see what he can do with the Fantastic Four. And you know, I, listen, I don't know if this is going to be the fourth or fifth Fantastic Four film. I'm going to hope it's the fourth. So, <laughs> fourth time's the charm. So And so we can all say that. But it's really nice that we got an official announcement on this. This is really great. And see what they can do with this franchise that's obviously been hindered by a lot of bad movies but I'm looking at you fan four stick. And so it's left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And so it'll be mean, nice to see what Marvel does with the first family coming back home and seeing what they do with the project going forward. And I don't think they'll, they'll do Dr. Doom. I think, you know, you wait on doom. Doom is really close to a Loki or Thanos level type of character that that you have. Like, you need to wait on him. I know, I know. like, yeah, you, you, if you bring up Loki, yeah, you had him in the first Thor film. But that was when the MCU was young. <laughs> that that was really before the first Avengers film. So you, there's a, still a little bit of, you know, un, you were still a little bit unsure about, you know, what the future was going to hold and what was going to happen. But with Doom, I think you need to take the character slow. There's a lot of potential with Doom and his character. And he's really kind of got the shaft in the mo- in the movies as well. So I really hope we get a good Dr. Doom coming with Fantastic Four's announcement. Maybe not in this movie. I know Mole Man's been mentioned as probably somebody they should look at early on. And maybe introduce the ideas of Doom. Or maybe hint at his and Reed's kind of backstory that they have, their past. I know they mentioned, I, I I was reading people talk about Doom on Twitter and the idea of how you bring him in. Maybe you make their relationship Magneto and Charles Xavier-esque from the X-Men First Class movies where you kind of see their relationship start out and see how it ended, why it ended so badly. And speaking of that, I've seen people bring up getting Michael Fassbender coming in as Dr. Doom. And I think that would be an excellent choice. I I loved his version of Magneto. I think he would do an awesome job as Dr. Doom. You know, with his role as Magneto, kind of probably... Yeah, you know he, he was probably one of the best parts of maybe Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix, maybe. Is that, you know, movies kind of wandered that down. And so maybe you have something here. Maybe you bring him back. And if they do, I'd be all for it. But Doom is a guy I think you need to wait on. He's a guy that can be a big bat and can have an arc that you can really do something with. That would be really be fun and interesting and rewarding for fans of the character, for fans of the comics, and for fans of the Fantastic Four that want to see a comic-accurate Doom for such a long time so that was all the announcement they made going to some stuff with marvel i remember hearing a while back that they were probably looking at doing more mini arcs coming out of end game maybe focusing on that instead of just trying to you know let's go all in with the end game type of thing again now feige has said that he wants to do that type of thing again but I think it's probably going to be a while. And we're going to wait for it. So I think that what they're probably going to do. Is that you can see some of it set up here. And what some of their ideas. And some of their shows and movies. That they're probably going to be hitting some mini arcs on here. And they have the ability to. They can really go full, full on comic book here. With some of these shows. And introduce a lot of ideas. And a lot of characters that. They, they probably wouldn't have had the ability to in the movies because there's just too much to get to in the movies. And you can especially get them in the TV shows and add on some stuff, on some lore, introduce some characters that we probably might not get to see in the movies. Flesh out characters that we know, that we've seen pop up. Maybe there's a villain that we want to see fleshed out, and, they, and that happens. So I'm in here, with the addition of TV shows, you can get a whole lot more connections, do a whole lot more stuff, and so you can have different type of events happen a lot more frequently and be tied to a specific corner of the m c u that they have laid out so I'm going to start out with young avengers that's been brought up a few times you got quantumadium you're start you got stature you're going to introduce her there's one ironheart there's another. Hawkeye, you're introducing Kate Bishop, and she's going to be taking on the mantle of Hawkeye. You also got Florence Pugh's character in Black Widow. Maybe she's part of the Thunderbolts, maybe she's part of the Young Avengers. Then you got Miss Marvel as well. So there's a line there for Young Avengers to be dealt with. Uh, Speaking of Thunderbolts, again, her character in Black Widow. Falcon and the Winter soldier if you're going to have Thunderbolt Ross appear in that. Forge Pugh's been rumored to make an appearance in that. You know, you got Baron Zemo in there. There's a Thunderbolt's tie-in. She-Hulk, if you're going to be having Thunderbolt Ross in there, there's that possibility. And if you're going to be having Abomination, there's, there's that tie-in. And also, maybe the leader down the road, where he can maybe be the villain. And where maybe he eventually comes back. And then Armor Wars, we were bringing back Justin Hammer. Well, there's already a few members of the Thunderbolts, maybe add another one or two, and you got a team up. And that's been something that's been talked about as something Marvel's been wanting to do for a while. So maybe that's a line that they could go look at with all these characters that they're adding in all these shows and movies. Next up, multiverse, time travel, time, all that stuff. Of course, you know Wandavision is going to deal with a lot of that stuff. Loki, Multiverse of Madness, Spider Man 3, Quantum Fantastic Four, probably more so down the road. So, you're going to have a lot of multiverse elements. So, you're going to be having that mini arc there dealing with that. And probably, Multiverse of Madness is going to be the culmination of that, where you have all the stuff happening in Wandavision, in Loki, and in Spider Man 3, and all that comes ahead in Multiverse of Madness. And Doctor Strange trying to get it sorted all out. And then you have got Secret Invasion. It said it was going to tie into the movies, that Secret Invasion show. So if you're dealing with a bunch of scrolls that are infiltrating every level of life on Earth, some superheroes are going to be infiltrated. You're going to have some scrolls taking the place of some superheroes. And so I'm assuming this Marvel is going to be dealing with a lot of that as well, as well as the Inhuman. Storyline it'll be interesting to see if they hit on that and then also Captain Marvel 2 Th- That well, that's something I forgot. That's something I overlooked Captain Marvel 2 you, you, you got Captain Marvel when coming back you got Monica Rambeau coming back as an adult version with of course, she's gonna be in one division and You're she's gonna be playing spectrum. You got miss Marvel there as well And, of course, you got that Carol Danvers, Nick Fury connection right there that they hit on, and Talos as well. So, my guess is that it's going to be talked about Miss Ms. Marvel, Secret Invasion, and maybe Ironheart. If it's saying it's going to be tied to the movies, maybe there will be a little bit of Secret Invasion stuff in there as well. And where that will probably all come to a head in Captain Marvel 2, where Captain Marvel 2 is going to be the big one, where Secret Invasion is going to be happening. It's going to kind of have that civil war maybe type of feel, where it's going to be a smaller version, but it's going to happen. It's that's it's going to lead up all the way to that and where it's going to wrap up. So I think they're really going to be hitting the mini arcs, with Marvel is for this upcoming next phase and some of the other movies that they that they have. That I didn't list like you know Black Panther two, Thor: Love and Thunder, Eternal Shang Chi. Some of those may be involved in some of these type of mini arcs as well. But I'll be really intrigued to see if this does happen. Because I think there's... You can see definite connections into some of the stuff potentially happening down the road and what Marvel's trying to do. So, with that being said, guys, that's where we're going to leave it off. A whole lot of excitement coming out of this day for Disney+. Plus. A lot of exciting times coming our way on the streaming service and potentially in the theaters whenever we get to go back. So that's this week's show everybody that's this edition of the show at least hope you guys had as much fun if you watch the live stream as i did as hope you had as much fun watching that as i did and getting excited about all the stuff that's coming our ways in the next few months years i'm excited about it that'll do it for us here everybody thanks for listening and talk to you next time